Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another week of the Incline Dodgers podcast. This is Kevin Klein here, your Dodgers, turning things around. They're now 25-18 and 18 on the season. They've won three straight against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've won seven of their last eight games. They got David Price pitching tonight in what's going to be a bullpen game. So far, the Dodgers are kicking the Arizona Diamondbacks' ass, but we got some more exciting series we're going to talk about in a little bit. Today, we're joined by Dusty Baker, ksby sports anchor dusty we were looking forward to having you how are you doing today hey guys it's a pleasure to be on here you know there's nothing that i look forward to more than talking about the boys in blue especially when they're actually winning games which you know of course over the last few weeks we weren't really feeling that positive so now now having seven of the last eight i mean it's starting to feel pretty good to talk about them again absolutely it's a packed house today we'll go with david rosenthal david what are your takeaways from this past week? Uh, Dodgers are playing pretty well is, is my main takeaway. Uh, obviously, the offense has got going. The pitching is still great. Julio Arias was my main you know, highlight on the, on the pitching side of things. And in terms of the offense, it's still Gavin Lux. I know we talked about him last week a lot, uh, but he's, he's putting together great at-bats. He's hitting home runs. He, he's getting hits with his legs too. I mean, he's hitting the ball in the infield and, and legging singles out. Uh, and it's, it's great to see him kind of blossom into that starting role. Obviously he's going to be, you know, probably a second baseman going forward, but with Seager out, it, it's great to see him at shortstop. Gavin looks over his last seven games is batting 375 with one home run, seven RBIs, his last 15 games, two home runs, 12 RBIs hitting 345. Man, the guy's really heating up after a lot of people wrote him off so early. Jake Reiner, what do you got to say? Well, I'm, I'm excited, as, as all of you guys are, that the Dodgers are finally playing up to their potential. And it just goes to show you that even throughout that 5-15 and 15 horrendous stretch that we all witnessed, this team was not being beat. They were beating themselves. They weren't, you know, making the routine plays. And a lot of their main guys, even though even though they they have had a lot of injuries, I still felt that each night they should have beaten whoever their opponent was. And over the past week or so, we've seen Max Muncy start to heat up. We touched on Gavin Lux already. I want to, you know, touch on Chris Taylor because I think he's very, very much underappreciated. I mean, the starting pitching has just been awesome. They've not slumped at all and the bullpen's getting it together. And so I think all of those things combined, you're seeing what we expected from this Dodgers team from the start. Let's give Chris Taylor yeah, some love right now. Got, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say Chris Taylor, 
for position players is 17th in baseball in, in war. And, you know, Muncie, the Jake, what Jake just mentioned is ninth in all of baseball. Uh, you know, and they're get that's, that's why the Dodgers are winning right there. I want to talk about Chris Taylor. This guy is on fire right now. Uh, let's start this one off with Dusty. Do you have any thoughts on CT3? Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing that about Chris Taylor, so fun fact, uh, Robert Van Skoyok, uh, Dodgers hitting coach, was my own hitting coach back in the day. Uh, huge throwback back when, you know, he had just exited Quest to college. And so one thing that Robert really focused on was seeing the ball going through the zone completely and driving the ball to the right center gap. And one thing that CT3 has done a great job at is exactly that, staying through the zone. Uh, he's had complete at-bats on top of that. Granted, okay, so if you look at his numbers overall, the slugging percentage has gone up. It's not quite 500, but it's pretty dang close. Uh, more importantly, though, he's getting on base. And the Dodgers as a whole, you mentioned Max Muncy. The two of those in particular are really – creating opportunities for the rest of the team. You talk about a 426 on base percentage and then add Muncy's 443. That is out of this world, uh, what they're able to do and getting on base and actually driving runners in has obviously been a huge issue for this team. CT three is doing it where he's getting on base and he's driving them in as well uh, to add on, obviously five home runs, five stolen bases. This guy's kind of doing everything from both the offensive side and the defensive side. And he's a spark plug. This team really needed something like that. And I think you could see, CT3 being the kind of guy that can hit in the two hole slot uh, moving forward until Seager comes back as well. And, yeah, and to that, and I want to just jump on that because, because Dusty pointed out the on-base percentage and it really is remarkable because Muncie and Taylor are one and two in the national league for qualified players. So that just goes to show you that these guys are, and, and, and it's interesting, too, because you expect Max Muncy to, to be leading the league in on-base percentage. Not so much Chris Taylor, though. I mean, Chris Taylor um, has been seeing the ball a lot better, but he has, you know, sort of that longer swing, more prone to strikeouts and, and that sort of thing. But he's really shortened up. And like you're saying, he's hitting the ball to the opposite field. So is Muncy. And I even pointed out during the Cubs series when the Dodgers were slumping that as soon as Muncy starts hitting the ball to the opposite field, look out. And it's not just been strikeout or walk. It's been home run, double, single, and walk. Yeah, the body of work that you guys are talking about, he's an all-star right now, in my opinion. It's as simple as that. And over his last 15 days as well, he's on fire. He has a 508 on base. We saw Taylor show great abilities of getting on base in 2020. It's carried over thus far this season. So he's seeing the ball well. He's been huge given all these injuries, which will – you know, I, talk about I got a second. question for you guys. Let's let's throw out this hypothetical situation. Corey Seager takes 340 million signs elsewhere. Let's say he goes to the Yankees. Chris Taylor is also a free agent. Would you be down or would you think it would be beneficial if Seager goes elsewhere for the Dodgers to just make Chris Taylor their shortstop? I think Gavin Lux could be the shortstop, though, in that scenario. Okay, well, so, well so shortstop, they make, second so base. So make Taylor your second baseman. Yeah, yeah. I think CT3, the ultimate goal for CT3 is going to be similar to what Kike Hernandez was kind of looking for, which is just consistent at bats and probably a consistent position as well. If the Dodgers come to him and say, we want you to be our second baseman with Lux at shortstop, obviously he's going to have to claim that he wants to play second base. I think CT3 can kind of play left field as good as any position player out there too. You know, this guy can play multiple positions 
incredibly well. It, it, the question is really going to be on CT3's end. Is he willing to still play different positions or will the Dodgers have to come out, say you're our second baseman? It's something that I think it's going to be on his end more than anything else. I have no problem seeing CT3 stay for the long term, but keep in mind he is on the older side of things. So Mm -hmm. you wonder how long will that contract look as well? Because this guy, the way he's playing right now, he's not going to get a cheap deal either this free agency. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, right now I would say, yes, I would say, yes, I would, I, I would totally be on board with, with the Dodgers going to Chris Taylor and saying, you're going to be our everyday second baseman or you're going to be our everyday shortstop. I, I'm totally cool with that at the moment. I'm just, I just wonder if it, if it may be another Kike Hernandez situation where Kike was much more valuable coming off the bench and you know, what would, would, would things change for Chris Taylor if he is now a starter, I mean, keep in mind, if everybody was healthy, including Bellinger and Pollock, Taylor would still be coming off the bench for this team. So you got to factor that in as well. Yeah. So we just got the, a very up-to-date um, report from Dave Roberts. Zach McKinstry and Cody Bellinger are going to begin their rehab assignment tomorrow in AAA um, Friday afternoon. They're coming back, guys. It seems like Bellinger's been out a long time. How excited are you that Cody Bellinger should be back in this Dodgers lineup as very soon, as well as Zach McKinstry, who was off to a fantastic start during his rookie campaign. It looks like McKinstry will probably be back a few days before Bellinger, but I don't know. What's, what's the breakdown there? It's, it's obviously big. Guys, when you look at it, uh, I was kind of going through – what the potential lineup could be. And granted, obviously, you know how Dave Roberts is. We, we can never fully anticipate what that man is going to be throwing out any single day, especially with the righty versus lefty matchup. Uh, but in general, just structuring a lineup that I would, would love to see, uh, having bets in right field, hitting leadoff, then having Chris Taylor the way that he's been hitting in the two hole at second base would be awesome. Uh, Turner at third base, then hearing Bellinger hitting cleanup again, is like music to my ears playing center field. Muncy at first base. You could argue that Muncy could be that two-hole guy too, just based off of the fact that his on-base percentage has been out of this world. But I kind of like him more deeper in the lineup just because he's even more of a threat there. You have Will Smith that, of course, Roberts has been intertwining with Austin Barnes. But when Smith is in, having him in that six-hole as catcher and then Lux at shortstop uh, until Seager comes back and then McKinstry in left field. Obviously, there's a variation of lineups, but that one to me – just looking at that, how, how is that not not only a playoff team, but a team that could make a World Series run? And that is without Corey Seager. With Corey yeah. Seager, this lineup is going to be unbelievably scary. And it's crazy to be saying this because, like I mentioned, just a few weeks ago, it, it felt like this team was hopeless in some degree. And all of a sudden, the pieces are returning slowly but surely. The, the one thing fans have to be ready for is, of course – Bellinger and McKinstry getting off to a slow start. You can't anticipate that they're going to get off and go right back to what they had been doing in the past. It's not easy to come back from injury, especially for Bellinger being out as long as he has. I would expect fans are going to have to be a little patient with the two of them, uh, mostly Bellinger. But man, to have those guys back to production necessary to make this a deeper lineup. And on top of that, 
the, the depth of this team, having Austin Barnes, Albert Pujols, Yoshi, and then Matt Beatty. I mean, to have those guys coming off the bench, all of a sudden we go from having a Luke Rayleigh that you can't really trust in the lineup at all to, okay, I, I have a couple guys that can come off the bench, play certain positions, give some off days, kind of back to the Dodgers strategy, even without Seager in the lineup. Julian wants to know, what do the Dodgers do with Zach McKintree when he returns? He's assuming that both Beatty and, you know, all the other guys will be there. Do you think McKintree just kind of goes back to a utility guy or are we going to be playing him every day? Depends on how he plays. Um, I think to start, he, he knows what his role was at the beginning of the season. I think the Dodgers are going to be, are going to continue to do that. He's going to play himself into this lineup, just like he did at the, the very beginning of the season where it was like, you, you couldn't, not have him in the lineup. Although with Dave Roberts, if you go on a hot hitting streak, you might find yourself on the bench, but you know, considering everything, I, I think Zach McKinstry will play, will play as much as he plays well. And to uh, Dusty's point about, about the scariness of this lineup, even if Bellinger starts off slow, just the, just the threat of him in there just makes this lineup a lot longer. And there were moments, you know, during that horrible stretch where it was like, there were so many spots in that lineup where opposing pitchers could exhale and be like, okay, good. You know, DJ Peters is coming up or Luke Rayleigh's coming up or Edwin Rios is coming up. I know I can get an automatic out here. If you have, if you put Bellinger back in there and then eventually Seager down the road, there really isn't a place to breathe. And I think Zach McKinstry will play as long as he's healthy and not to mention too, with McKinstry and Bellinger coming back, especially with Bellinger, that outfield defense is going to be scary yeah. because then you move yeah. Mookie Betts over to right, Bellinger in center, and CT3, who's a great outfielder as well, he plays left field or McKinstry plays left field or Pollock comes back and plays left field. The, the, the outfield is going to be un, unreal. Yeah, that was, that was the point I was going to make too. Just having Cody Bellinger back in center field is going to do wonders for, for the psyche of the defense it just all around because then you get bets settled back into right field you get taylor settled into either left or second you get all these guys settled into a position and as for the question yeah i think mckinstry's gonna play how he was when he before he got hurt i think he's gonna play not maybe not every day but pretty much you know two out of three games and and they can afford to do that right now with no seager with no pollock uh and they got plenty of roster spots for him you know at the end of the day uh when everybody's healthy you know when, when we get Pollock, Seeger, uh, Pollock, McKinstry, and Bellinger back, you're going to see Rayleigh, Peters, and probably Noisy go back down to uh, Oklahoma City. So there's plenty of spots there. And uh, like, like Dusty said, Dave Roberts is going to mix in all these lineups. No one's going to sit for too long, and uh, they're going to get going. I, I would expect McKinstry, frankly, to pick up right where he left off. Uh, Bellinger is going to take a little bit. He's, you know, he can always tend to be a slow starter. Uh, like you said, longer injury is going to take him a bit to, you know, see the pitches, see the ball a bit better. But McKinstry's just a ball player. He's ready. I could, I could see him being ready to go four hit game right off the bench after not playing for a month. So I'm not worried about either of those guys. Isn't it crazy? You had the World Series run last year. McKinstry was nothing, no, no part of that whatsoever. And you have about a month of him, not even. And you know, you can already kind of feel confident in that guy. That that tells you what kind of player he is. He he is a ball player, and um, the Dodgers do need him in that lineup. Definitely. Yeah. So, guys, Albert Pujols is a Los Angeles Dodger and machine. So far, That's they're un right. We haven't talked about that. That that broke like right after our, we recorded our yeah, last. I know, exactly. I know. 
The Dodgers are undefeated in the Albert Pujols era. <laughs> They're 3-0. and He's appeared in three games. He's got two RBIs. He's got two hits. He's just he's doing everything. So I know there's a lot to dissect there. We'll try to make it brief, but just each of you give like your brief takeaway on Albert Pujols being a Dodger. As a young, well, young at heart, I should say, as a young at heart Dodgers fan, as the, the little kid in me is just so excited about this. I mean, I don't even care if he plays well or doesn't play well. I'm just excited to see a future Hall of Famer, another one added to this roster in Albert Pujols. I mean, one of the greatest, if not the greatest right-handed hitter of all time. And he played during an era where we all grew up watching baseball and he's still playing. And I just think the, the vibe, you can already see the difference in the dugout, uh, the energy that he brings, the conversations that the cameras catch him having with uh, the younger guys like Lux and Beatty we've seen throughout the game. Just to have that guy on the bench is just fantastic. And then when he comes up to the plate, I mean, it is a menacing presence. First of all, he is built like a brick shithouse. He is a huge, monstrous dude comes up to the plate and it's Albert Pujols. Like he could affect the game in any way at any moment. And so just to have that presence there is already a win for the Dodgers. Then you, then you couple the fact that um, in his first start, he had a clutch two out RBI single on an 0 and two pitch uh, to bring home a run. It's just, it's just great. And Hey, you know, the, the, the bar, the expectations for him are low, right? Because of his age, because of, you know, how he's produced in the past. So anything he does do will be great. And I think he's already a terrific addition to this team. Chase Utley, Matt Kemp, Andre Ethier, you look in the past, good, you know, relevant Dodgers teams. There was always that guy in the locker room that was a presence. Now you could argue Justin Turner has been that, uh, he is older than I think we even realize sometimes, but to have <laughs> to have another presence and not just another face, but to have a future Hall of Famer, um, a guy that wants to win, a guy that knows how to win, a guy that has won. How do you say no to that? Um, to have that presence that he has had in the past few games it is obvious. You can tell he's having a good time. He's enjoying being a Dodger. He's, he's taking pride in that as well. And the players are relating incredibly well to that as well. I seeing conversations he's had already with Bueller, with Chris Taylor. Uh, you would imagine he's talked to Gavin Lux quite a bit. Maybe that's helped part of that surge as well. How, how do you not say you, we don't value this in our locker room. And, and I think also you go from an angels locker room. That's kind of been all over the place, right? to a Dodgers locker room that knows how to win and you add a presence that people respect, that's only going to make you stronger. His approach at the plate is still as good as it's ever been. Sure. His bats not maybe as strong as it has or as it ever will be again. You know, the guy is 41 years old, but to have that capability to bring in a face like that, to bring in a mentality that is a winning mentality it's an A plus ad for me. And I never saw it coming. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought in my head, the Colorado Rockies were going to go out there, get Albert Pujols and say, we need to bring fans in somehow. We're just going to have them hit a bunch of bombs at Coors Field. So the, the Colorado Rockies, they're losing across the board, man. What a terrible decision not to bring that guy in, especially when CJ Crone was hurt. Uh, Dodgers jumped on it. They have a guy off the bench now they can trust. Um, yeah, is he going to hit 330 bombs now? That's not going to happen. He may not hit more than five home runs this year at all, but the fact that he can be a presence – 
in the locker room can help these younger players like Gavin Lux, uh, you know, with their approach at the plate. I think it's almost like adding another hitting coach. Uh, and that's going to be really special uh, to have, you know, your fourth MVP in the dugout. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers have a dad again now. Uh, you know, we saw it with uh, Chase Utley. We saw it with David Freeze. And, and now they have, a, they have a dad again. So that, that's basically my takeaway. What they get from him on the field is a, is a bonus. Uh, obviously, he, he's put together some decent at-bats in these three games. So, look, if he can get a couple RBIs here and there, I, I don't think he's going to play too much uh, when you get Bellinger and Seager and, and McKinstry and all these guys back. Uh, but, you know, my one concern – is the speed is a little bit of a liability because uh, you pinch hit him late. Uh, let's say he gets on, then you're going to have to burn another bench guy to pinch run for him. So that's my one concern there. Uh, and look, we saw they, they shifted on him. He got thrown out from like half left field twice, uh, which is pretty funny at this point. Like I guess him running out ground balls is just a formality at this point. Cause there's not really a point. You might as well just turn back to the dugout if he's a ground ball. But uh, look, I think he's going to offer, uh, a new perspective and a, and a veteran presence out there. I'm just so thankful that the Dodgers didn't go with Todd Frazier that I know some of you guys want <laughs> I, I know you are Kevin. Yes. What Albert Pujols brings is a legend. Chase Utley was a legend. David Freese was a legend. Now, albeit he's not a regular season legend, but what he did in that 2011 world series, people are going to talk about forever. Albert Pujols is another legend. We've already seen classic images of Gavin Lux and Sheldon Noisy next to And Pujols was on that team. That's yeah, true. These young guys getting to just spend time and breathe the same air in the dugout as Albert Pujols, it's going to go a long way. You know, you might not see it this season, but even if Sheldon Noisy doesn't contribute this year, he'll be back next season. And just having those memories of being with Albert Pujols, like someone said, the hitting coach aspect, it's going to be big in the long run. We saw what Chase Utley did to transform the clubhouse. We saw how much these guys idolized David Freeze. Now you bring in Albert Pujols. It's going to be huge. That wasn't the only move the Dodgers made. They also signed Yoshi Sutsugo, who's already made a name for himself as well. He's got an RBI base hit, so he's flirting with that Jed Jerko territory now. <laughs> I don't know what to expect from this guy. You know, He hit a ton of bombs in Japan, but again, he gives you more than what Luke Rayleigh and DJ Peters have to offer. So low risk, high reward maybe. Yeah, and, and doing a little bit of uh, research on him, apparently he changed his swing when he left Japan, and yeah. uh, and according to the Dodgers, they are going to try and figure out how to find that swing back. Um, and they say his biggest flaw as a major leaguer was handling high velocity. So if there's any uh, coaching staff in the major leagues that can turn somebody's career around. It's the Los Angeles Dodgers. We've seen them do it time and time again. We don't need to go. We, we ta already talked about Chris Taylor and Max Muncy. So if, if there's, if there's one coaching staff out there to turn this guy around, then, then, then we just got to trust it. And I, and I really like the move. Um, but I do, I do want to, I, I think this is an appropriate point to drop this trivia question on you guys. And, We'll open it up to the floor and then you guys can give your takes on, on uh, Sutsuko. But so the other night he became the third Japanese born position player to play for the franchise. Can you name the other two? Okay. I have one right off the bat. Yes. Uh, I forget his first name, but the third baseman Nakamura. Oh my God. One. That's the one you got. You got the one I didn't think you'd get. 
But yes, I remember seeing him in person at Dodger Stadium. Norihiro, Norihiro Nakamura. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do remember him too, by the way, because he was he was like the third baseman after Adrian Beltre, like directly after, I think. I think he started opening day or was there for a couple of games, but he only played 17 games in the major leagues for the Dodgers in 2005. He hit a just a freaking amazing 128 um, with two doubles and three RBIs. Okay, so that's okay. one. You Darvish? Did you say... Position player, the position right? Player, oh, position yes. player. I was you like, said, you I, said, I think we've had a few pitchers coming out of them. Yeah. yeah. Did you say Japanese? You said Japanese born? Japanese born position player. Is it Dave Roberts? It is Dave Roberts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Extra a, brownie points. Back. I can't believe you led with Nakamura. I thought there's no <laughs> way. There's no way they're getting Nakamura. I remember going to that game. One of his, one of the games he was same, at Dodger Stadium with my dad. Yeah. Yeah, same. Good job. That is so, a yeah. fun fact. I like that one a lot. <laughs> All right. That was that was the trivia question. Now you guys can uh, you know give your takes on Yoshi. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that man, if you just bring in Mario and Luigi, then we got the full set here uh, <laughs> for what we need uh, to create another World Series championship. But uh, Yoshi, man, so you guys had briefly talked about his success in Japan. How about 2016? This guy hit 45 home runs in the Japanese Central League. That is That shows you there's some sort of pop there. I know that it doesn't always translate from Japan to the MLB, but you know there's power there, right? And so he had 29 home runs with a 272 average, 511 slugging in 2019 in Japan before coming to the uh, United States. And he ended up in probably the worst system for him. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay has just this weird mentality towards not finding a, a clean starting lineup. You know, they kind of love this rotation constantly. And how do you build consistency off of that? I, I don't understand how anybody can succeed in that Rays organization just, just based off that mentality. And so what Yoshi has here is the opportunity to kind of prove himself. He's still relatively young. Um, I, I know that he's not going to get a ton of at-bats, but to just be in that system, to change his swing up a little bit, because uh, he has a really huge swing. If you've watched any of his, I guess, previous film, that is a big swing that the guy has. I think that they can kind of make it a little more compact, if you will, and work with him on staying through the zone the entire way. And if they do that – man, you got another dangerous bat. The guy can't play defense, uh, so you're not really going to get anything from him on that front. But the bat off the bench, I mean, that dude is as imposing as, you know, it can be in a clutch situation. I would not want to pitch to a man named Yoshi that hit 45 home runs in Japan. That's that's a scary threat right there. So I, I like the move. I don't know how much of an impact it will be, but I think that there's more. It, it's kind of like the Muncie case where they brought him in and they thought, hey, we can try and make something work of this guy. And you saw what happened with Muncie. So you, you never know at this point. You bring a guy into the Dodgers organization, asked to turn his career around. I think that Yoshi has a great opportunity. Um, and like I said, he's still relatively young. So I'm sure he's open to growth. I'm sure he's open to opportunity. And hey, he gets to now work with Albert Pujols too. How about another guy that can help you correct your swing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the reason... When they first signed him, I, I was very confused because I, I've seen his stats in, in Major League Baseball, and they're not pretty at all. Uh, the peripherals are even worse. So I, at first, I was a little bit pu puzzled. But you know, when you, when you look at it from the angle of who is he taking at bats away from? Luke Rayleigh, DJ Peters, and Sheldon Noisy—three guys who aren't ready to be in the major leagues right now. 
they're simply not. They, they need more time in AAA. It's doing them a disservice by not getting them constant at-bats in AAA. But sadly, with all the injuries, they're, they're needed at a major league level. So when you look at it from that angle, I, I can get on board with, with this signing. Uh, like, we, like you guys talked about, I mean, this dude was a stud in Japan. They can, they can unlock that a little bit, maybe 20%, 30% of what he was in Japan. Then it's a good move. And, and he's not taking away at-bats from anyone uh, you know, substantial. So I, I like it. All right, let's get to the main event. The Dodgers taking on the San Francisco Giants. And it'll be May 21st. This has to be the latest in my memory where the Dodgers and Giants meet for the first time this season. But it's finally happening. This one will be up north in San Francisco. Then they're going to play the Astros. Then they're going to play the Giants again. But we'll talk more about that next week. For now, we're going to preview the first of this series, the first matchup of this series. And we got confirmation from Gabe Kapler. We're going to see Alex Wood Friday who was just phenomenal this season. Maybe the biggest surprise to me, given how kind of mediocre he yeah, was. Yeah, what the, the hell is going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... Anyways, um, so Alex Wood is 5-0 and with a 175 ERA. They're also going to pitch Anthony Descalfani, who is also doing phenomenal. He has a 203 ERA. The National, League West, is, the National League West is stacked, guys. In terms of the top ERAs for teams... Padres are first, 267. Dodgers second, 303. Giants 317. That was entering today before the Giants crushed the Reds like 19 to 4. Rotation wise, the Giants have the best rotation, 258 ERA. Padres 273 ERA. Dodgers 286. So there they are again. Top three MLB, National League West right there. Bullpen is where the Giants apparently are a lot weaker though. They're ranked 20th. They have a four. 28 ERA Dodgers have the sixth best ER bullpen ERA 353. So I don't know where we want to start with this, but obviously this is going to be a statement series because the giants are in first place right now. 28 and 16 is their record. The Dodgers are two and a half games back. So we got Trevor Bauer going, we have Walker Buehler going and we have Julio Urias going. So definitely excited with that. What do the Dodgers have to do to beat these guys? even when the giants are bad, they're hard to beat. And I think even, even when they're, they're not in any contention, they, they seem to give the Dodgers a rough time. And what's weird about some of those stats that you read off is I saw the same thing where they're ranked 20th in, in reliever ERA, but they're also first in the majors and saves with 18, which is just a bizarre kind of juxtaposition. But yeah, I mean, their 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 offense, I mean, it's it's their starting pitching that's carrying this team and their offense is decent. I mean, they've had a few guys like, you know, Buster Posey and Darren Ruff and Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford. I mean, these guys are are, you know, not not uh uh Darren Ruff or, or Yastrzemski, but the other guys are are as old as the hills and they're finding the fountain of youth all of a sudden and they're crushing. Um, but yeah, this Giants team is a mystery to me. So yeah, I mean, let's get into that bullpen. I mean, the Dodgers are the best team um, in their ability to wear down starting starting pitchers. And if they're able to knock these guys out early and dip into that Giants bullpen, I think that's the best shot we have uh, to win. And I think that the that until until the Giants, you know, handily beat the Dodgers or handily beat the Padres. I think that's at that point, that's when we can say, oh, they're, oh, they're for real. I don't think that they've really faced the toughest of competition yet, 
Um, the Dodgers certainly are the toughest competition they're going to face in the National League, and we'll see what they're made of this weekend. Yeah, to piggyback off of that, the Giants' opponents this year have not actually been – most of them have not been over 500. Granted, they just swept Cincinnati in a four-game series, and since he was 500 going into that series. Uh, but the only team the Giants have really faced over 500, it's been the Phillies, which they took two of three against, and then obviously the Padres as well. Um, the Giants' offense is scary, man. Uh, I got to say, I was joking with somebody this other week about this. You know, they uh, they lost that World Series string of even year. And I'm worried that this new decade might the odd year might be what they're looking for now. And so here in 2021, I mean, this team is legit. Uh, we can't take them for granted at this point. Brandon Crawford is having some crazy resurgence at age 34. Uh, and it's an island of misfit misfit toys. Uh, Yastrzemski, Duggar, Ruff, Longoria was playing well early on there. Uh, none are hitting over 300 except for Buster Posey, yeah. who has just been out of this world lately. I mean, that guy is slugging every pitch that he sees and driving it out of the ballpark. It's unbelievable. Um, He's hitting you know, 374. I, I think 374. And, and, and just crazy to see how consistent that it, it, Posey has been and also how the Giants have been stringing hits together. I do say, you know, game one is – big obviously you have Bauer versus Wood game two though is the game the Dodgers need to win because you got Walker Bueller on the hill and it's against the TBD you don't know who's going to be starting for the Giants Logan Webb just went on the IL Aaron Sanchez still on the IL Tyler Beatty on the IL so basically my prediction at this point it's either going to be a bullpen game we might see Scott Casimir actually yeah, come yeah. back which would be <laughs> wild to see that uh also connor menez is another guy that could be coming uh sean hagel nick Tro uh, tropiano so i mean honestly whoever the dodgers see on saturday it, it shouldn't matter uh you know how the dodgers can somehow make a a guy come out of the woodworks and make him look like a cy young award they can't do that on saturday that, that's that's something that yeah. cannot be allowed They've that's what always it. happens when it's the giants exactly dodgers the Dodgers would be paying Scott Casimir to pitch against them that game, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you said it with, you know, your ragtag group of, of players. I mean, this team reminds me of the movie major league uh, where the Cleveland Indians are, are trying to, the ladies trying to move the team and the manager picks all these has-beens or nobodies and, and they, they play well. And that's what the giants are. Uh, Brandon Crawford resurgence makes absolutely no sense. How this guy has 11 home runs already in a dead in the dead ball year uh, it makes zero sense and i'm sorry if if alex wood and anthony discalfini are going to do this for the rest of the year then you can call me an idiot but this is not going to keep up it's just not i'm sorry uh i'm not buying into this pitching staff at all uh i like alex wood world series hero but you can call me an idiot at the end of the year if these guys are still pitching like this but i'm going to say right now this is not going to keep up whether that's, whether that's against the Dodgers, it probably will against the Dodgers because that's just what happens. But, you know, going in the months later, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the Brandon Crawford resurgence. I'm not buying any of it. They're decent, but I'm not buying them. I'll just Dodgers. throw this in there. I want to throw this in there before you respond, Kevin and Dusty, is that I don't think that the Giants could withstand the injuries that the Dodgers have have endured. I, I think that the Giants are one to two catastrophic catastrophic injuries away from being bad. Um, I think the Dodgers have been able to weather the storm because the foundation is there and and they have an enormous amount of talent even when you take away Corey Seeger and Cody Bellinger. They're still better than every other team out there. The, if the Giants lose Yastrzemski or they or they lose um, 
you know, who's their uh, Kevin Gosman, the one guy that's been amazing yeah, for them, where they guy. lose Alex Wood, who's injury prone. We know Aaron Sanchez is injury prone. We know Johnny Cueto's injury prone. I mean, this, this bull, and I don't believe in Jake McGee. I think, <laughs> I don't think, and he's been, and he's been rough the, the, the last few outings, outings, but overall has been pretty damn good. I just don't, I'm, I'm with David on this one. I don't believe in this team, but so far they've proven all of us wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, Kevin Gosman, the, maybe the biggest thing for the Dodgers this weekend is that they don't have to face him because he does look legit, and I do buy Kevin Gosman. I agree on the other fronts. I, I think that it's too early to tell with the rest of this island of misfit toys, but Gosman's the one man that has been just dominant consistently on the hill, one of the best ERA leaders in the game right now. I believe it's 166 ERA, which is just ridiculous. So they get to avoid him this go-round. They won't in the next come ra- uh, coming go-round, of course, with the, that four-game stretch. But um, for the Dodgers, man, this is a series that I think is very winnable, but that game yeah. two is, to me, what's going to be the big factor for them because that, that to me, is the game they must win out of those three. Well said, everyone. Evan Longoria is one of the weirdest split stats I was looking at. Against lefties, he's hitting 406, which is just bonkers. Thankfully, we got two righties going because he's only batting 170 against right-handed pitching. And then we we talked about Crawford, the 11 home runs. Brandon Belt has eight home runs. Former Dodger who never actually played for the Dodgers, Darren Ruff, has five home runs. He decided to go to Korea or whatever instead. Yaz is struggling batting 220, but he still has six home runs. And then Buster Posey just took not, t- took 2020 off, comes back 100%, hitting 374 with eight home runs. Didn't play in the finale against the Reds today, and they still crushed them. So you know he'll be in the lineup tomorrow. Historically, he's killed the Dodgers. So this is this is going to be a tough matchup. It might be the toughest matchup for the Dodgers all season long. And we talk about so much how the Padres is the rivalry, but the Dodgers-Giants – this could actually determine who wins the NOS. We're going to see some weird shit. We always see some weird stuff up at Oracle Park. I think that's what they're calling it now. Um, it, we're, the, the four of us are going to be extremely frustrated at some point or in multiple points during this series because there's going to be some weird, giant, blue pit bullshit that's going to happen. Um, so we just got to keep our heads cool and and just maintain the fact that that the Dodgers will you know, we'll be able to beat this team at some point. Support for the incline is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. April is here and you know what that means. Baseball is back, baby. So dust off your mitt and cleats this spring and be ready for first pitch. Just like the crew will be mowing their stadium grass, Manscaped products provide the best tools for your own personal grooming experience. That's right, Kevin. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That's a lot of dudes. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, though. 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code INCLINE20. Manscaped even hooked this up with a bunch of tools from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Trust me, as someone who has sensitive skin, the Lawnmower 3.0 with their advanced skin-safe technology provides smooth precision and it's waterproof to make your shave clean and easy. So guys and ladies who are listening, get 20% off plus free shipping with Incline20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Incline20. So strike out your pubes with Manscaped this season. Your balls will thank you. 
All right, guys, if you've been sticking with us this entire time and you're waiting for Dusty Baker, the manager of the Houston Astros, well, I don't know what to tell you. You got the wrong Dusty Baker. This is the cooler Dusty, actually. So he's been bringing the awesome takes thus far. So let's wrap up this Dodgers-Giants round one matchup. So, Jake, I'll start with you. So I I don't think either team is going to come away with a sweep. So I think that it's either, either the giants are going to take two out of three or the Dodgers are going to take two out of three. And I'm with, I'm with dusty that the, that the must win has to be that bull, that potential bullpen game that the giants are going to throw out there. But even though the Dodgers have been struggling against left-handed pitching, it, it would, it would make me feel really good if they were able to torch Alex Wood. Um, he's the guy that they know. I mean, he even said it that the Dodgers know him intimately, but he knows the Dodgers intimately as well. Um, but I think that the Dodgers may have the advantage because they are, they, they know him so well and they're throwing up a bunch of different hitters to try and beat Alex Wood. So I think that those, those are the two games that, that I would look for the Dodgers to win, especially because the Dodgers have Trevor Bauer going for them in game one. Yeah, uh, th- this real Dusty Baker here, uh, the real one, as, as we like to say. Um, I-, I do think I-, I have to agree with that point as well. I don't see it being a sweep. The Dodgers and Giants, no matter what it is, whether it's a good team or a bad team, the Dodgers will struggle some way, shape, or form with the Giants. It's just how it is. It's also on the road. And-, and something to keep in mind here, all of these teams in the NL West are really, really good at home. The Giants currently 14 and four at home right now. The Dodgers are 10 and 12 on the road. Uh, so obviously those numbers may be not totally favorable for the Dodgers in that sense, but uh, keeping in mind that obviously – you know, they've won seven of their last eight as, as a recording of this. And uh, you look at the Diamondbacks series as well. The Dodgers look like they're they're kind of back on track to where you want them to be. I, I think that game, too, is going to define this whole series for them. Um, this is an emotional week for the Dodgers because they've got these three with the Giants. Then they go against the team that I'm managing uh, with the Astros <laughs> yeah. uh, for two. And then they go right back and face the Giants for four more. And then they face the team that I personally think is going to be quietly the biggest threat for them, which is the Cardinals. Um, We could touch on that later if you want, but uh, I I think the Cardinals are scarier than most people realize Uh, just with Aaron Otto in that lineup. I'm not, not totally thrilled with having to face him again. Um, So the Dodgers are definitely going to have to keep their heads on their shoulders. They're going to have to take an emotional series, I think in stride. And, And so the question is, can they get four consecutive series in a row with victories? And I, I think it's possible. I think that the, the matchups favor them. I like that they don't have to face Gosman. Uh, that game one is going to be very intriguing facing Alex Wood. I, I'm not really sure what to expect with that one. Uh, game two, I would hope that the Dodgers tee off. And then game three facing Di Sclafani. Di Sclafani has been pretty solid. Uh, but he's shown that he can be erratic in past years. And so I, I don't think that I'm buying what he's selling this, this early on in the season. Dusty, do, do, do Astros fans ever get into your mentions thinking it's, the, it's their manager? Oh my gosh, my phone every single day just blows up. In fact, I received actually a package about two days ago. It was a, a, a man overseas, I think in Uganda or something like that. And, and he, he addressed the package as dear coach. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, this is, this is when we know there's a problem. I open it up and, 
you know, he's sending me pictures of this camp that he's running in Uganda. And he says, you know, I would love if you could guest speak uh, to this, you know, these impoverished children. And I'm like, I promise you do not want me guest speaking to these kids. I will not be an influence that, that you're hoping for there. So, yeah, it happens all the time. It's ironic whenever I tweet something about trash cans and they think that their own manager is bashing them. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. But it happens frequently. And I, I am named after Dusty Baker. I, I've met him a handful of times and he, he is a great human being. He really is. It's just funny because he is on Twitter and he's not verified. And so people go to my account first. If they click the icon, it's very obvious that it yeah. is not him. <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, it's, <laughs> it takes this much to actually just take a little effort to figure it out. And then generally people will find out that it's, you know, I'm not him and I'll get some backhanded compliment. Like, yeah, that guy's hairline's way back further than what we would hope it would be or something like that. It's, <laughs> oh it's remarkable what I've seen, man. It, it is truly amazing what people will, will do once they find out that I'm not the man they're looking for. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask. And that was a great answer. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've seen it every day. I, it, it's, it's amazing what I'm tagged in. It, it is it is, I, I should do a show about it, truly. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, the Dodgers get to the bullpen. The Giants' bullpen is not that good. Jake McGee, Dodger legend since he won a World Series. It's kind of funny, though. They barely used him in that postseason run, which I kind of found interesting. But he's, turned it, he's turning good things going with the Giants, but he's a lefty, so that's a concern. If they do start Scott Casimir on Saturday, that didn't even cross my mind. That's a possibility. And we lose to him. I will be so pissed because – I hated that signing from the get-go. He pitched one lousy season, didn't pitch the rest of the time, waste of a contract, still paying him as David said. So if they, if he's on the mound, please just kick his ass because, God, I cannot stand that guy. Yeah, I'm not going to go into some deep, big, long analysis because I feel like we've done that enough. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The Dodgers are going to sweep the Giants this weekend. I, I, don't, I don't think the Giants are legit. I really don't. They're playing great baseball. They got some good players. I'm not buying Alex Wood. I'm not buying Anthony Descalfini. And I don't care who they throw out Saturday. Yes, historically, the Dodgers struggle with anyone who pitches for the Giants. But I don't care. The Dodgers are going to sweep them. Giants are going to have a walk-off on us. Guarantee it. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> feeling, feeling Dodgers one and two, Giants take the third. That's my guess. It's going to be a walk-off where they beat the shift. Yep. <laughs> like it's going to be some dribbler perfect. down the third baseline. That's the perfect segue because we have a question from Gorilla Golf. Should we outlaw the shift in Major League Baseball? And he is aware that the Dodgers often use it. No, I don't think you should outlaw oh, yeah. the shift. Just just play better. Just figure out how to beat the shift. I think, I mean, they, they've certainly figured out how to do it against the Dodgers. We're not good at it. I don't know why. I mean, we have so many smart guys on this, on this coaching staff and all of these strategy guys that they, that they talk to and still balls get through the infield. And we talked, you know, recently we talked with Blake Trinan about that, where he has, you know, he had to get like five to 10 outs in, in any given inning because, because the balls just kind of, you know, squirt past the, you know, where, where the fielders aren't. Um, the whole, you know, there's an old saying that uh, a lot of old timers like to use, which is hit them where they ain't. And so that's, that's what you have to do. There's, there's a lot of strategy involved in shifts and it it has worked, but I think that the, the hitters just have to be better. Yeah. I, I don't see why we would change something that 
you know, is progressive to the game. That's like saying, and you know, I'm a TCU alumni. So watching TCU football, they, they went from kind of more of a read option offense to a, a spread offense. And that's like saying the, the spread offense isn't fair because there's too many guys to cover. I mean, at this point in time, figure out a way to adjust. Uh, Air Force runs the read option. Uh, they, they run the triple option, actually. Is that fair? Yes, everything is is out there for the taking. And so it's your job to respond in some way, shape, or form to limit the damage. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see why we would ever change something. Baseball's changing so much already. It's a beautiful game. Stop changing what, what's, in my eyes, a perfect game. All right. So yeah. Next... Can you can you tell that to uh, my my Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh when they play Ohio State? Can you tell them <laughs> to adjust for once in the last decade? I'll tell uh, them to no. uh, get a new coach. I think that's the big thing. Well, <laughs> we, we I can do a, a separate podcast on that. But <laughs> my my point is what Jake said. If Blake Trinan doesn't want to ban the shift, who is a victim of the shift basically every night, then I don't want to ban the shift. Next question comes from Sergio from the Cano Finish Pod. Do the Dodgers need to trade for a fifth starter, or are we sticking with Tony Gonsolin? No, they... I'm sticking with Tony. I'm yeah. sticking with Tony. Yeah, that's, yeah I, I mean that's, that's my short answer, and that, that's I, it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the way to go. Do you agree? My Jake? answer is it's it's better be somebody because <laughs> I, I can't take one of these bullpen days again. It sucks. I hate them. You know, I've always, I've I've ranted about this a lot, but it just it just it, it makes absolutely no sense. For this team, for this franchise, with all the resources that it has, they should not be having these scheduled bullpen games, especially when you have so many injuries to this bullpen already. You're scheduling a day where you're going to use all the arms. Well, what happens the next game? It puts so much pressure on next day starter to go out there and and throw seven, eight innings or, or throw a complete game. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine if they stick with Tony Gonsolin. I hope he's healthy, but if not, yeah. they better go get someone. Well, it's interesting, too, because of David Price, just them not trying to stretch him out and, and basically committing to the fact that he's a bullpen piece. I, I've been interested by that mentality. I wonder if they they have some numbers that, w- that we don't really see where they believe that Price is better for a shorter period of time. I, I'm not really sure I understand exactly why they're not stretching him out, maybe just for health reasons, but then you just saw him go on the IL. So it, it is interesting. I, I, the Dodgers still, in my opinion, have the best one through four in the league. Uh, and then when Gonsolin comes in, I mean, that guy can be on any given day as filthy as any pitcher in the league. So I, I trust Gonsolin. Uh, you, you have to wonder how the health is going to maintain for the rest of this rotation. It, you know, knock on wood, Kershaw stays healthy. It just feels like there's always some sort of little relapse for him midway through the season. So let's hope that we don't see that. Uh, but the Dodgers have to be ready for that. And and there's some not a lot of great pitchers that are going to be available at this deadline. I mean, Max Scherzer will probably be the one guy. And, and that's why I'm concerned about the Cardinals. I think that'll be a key target for them uh, as well as Trevor Story. So I, I just think the Dodgers are going to have to really take care of this rotation. Um, but I, I like what Gonsolin brings to the table. I just hope that they can ease them into it. Uh, and, and I'm curious to see how they continue to handle price. Yeah. Gonsolin's going to throw two innings in a rehab outing. So and he's on the 60 AIL. He'll probably be activated May 31st. Looks like he's on pace to come back. And he's going to be big. We'll talk more about Gonsolin when he's actually back. But I expect him to have a huge role this season. Kevin DeBrew wants to know, we've talked about this before in the past, trade deadline, Dodgers going to make a big move, small move. We don't really need to dive into this again. I think we all are on the same page. They're going to make a relief pitching acquisition at some point. 
you think do you think they'll do anything else dusty no i mean i the three names that i've really targeted for the dodgers are brad hand kendall graveman and ian kennedy yeah I think any of those yeah those three would make a, a lot of sense graveman has really got some filthy stuff and he, he kind of came out of the blue uh obviously when he was in oakland he, he showed some promise and uh but man the velocity he's gained and uh, I think he's just built to be a really solid reliever. I would like to see Graveman in that that bullpen. Uh, we've got the lefties. I think that we're okay, that we don't necessarily need to get in a guy like Brand, Brad Hand. And I can tell you right now, just off of what I've seen from Brad Hand in the past years, he can be a heart attack in the making. So uh, he, he <laughs> yeah. likes to allow a lot of runners on base. That whip is always very high, and he somehow escapes a lot of innings. So maybe Dodgers fans not asking for Brad Hand. He's probably the biggest name of that group. Ian Kennedy probably quietly having one of the better relieving seasons that I've seen. But but I think if the Dodgers can go after anybody, I would like Graveman the most. Ian Kennedy basically started a brawl with the Dodgers a few back in 2013. So that'd be a weird full circle if he became a Dodger. Yeah. Gilly King feels this is one of the worst seasons by umpires ever. I'm not really sure what he's asking, but he says, why are the digital ball and strike zones being tattled? I don't know if he's calling for robo umps, but we can just go with that. Do you think they should get rid of umpires? I just want a quick yes or no. 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 Okay. Yep. Okay, we're we're keeping the umpires. They just got to do better, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Do better and get better umpires. Stop sucking. Stop sucking ass and just tighten it up. Do your job the right way or get canned. That's the problem that I have is that they're not actually, you know, if if Angel Hernandez should should not be in this league anymore. I don't understand it. I I think he's underrated. He's underrated at this point. Angel Hernandez is the single best argument for anti-union people in the history of the world ever. He's not even the worst umpire at this rate. It's, he's just a name. He's more of a name than actual performance at this point. No, he's, he's bad. Kevin. He is <laughs> very, really very bad. bad. He, he makes that, me want that, to throw up every time he's out there. That fly ball that he lost in the lights or something in <laughs> Kansas city that he called yeah, just the, guessed. He just yeah. had to guess which call it was. <laughs> he, that he was called, awful. He called the Kershaw NLDS game against the Padres. He was phenomenal. Every time, every time Kershaw he was pitches, actually good in that game. Whenever Kershaw pitches stunned. with Hernandez, Hernandez just like brings his A game. He's like, Kershaw's pitching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got to show up. Kevin, you might be the first person I know to be in support of Angel Hernandez. <laughs> I just, I think there's worse guys. I don't know. But if there's a weird or unpopular opinion out there, Kevin will usually take it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Hey, I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> Next question is from Joe. Um, Sarni Asada, this is an interesting one. Would you trade Clayton Kershaw for Shohei no, Otani? No, no, is the answer. No, no. Why would anybody ever do that deal? <laughs> why would the Angels do that deal? Yeah, that's that's never going to happen. Um, you know, if you're actually trying to be realistic about this, like I feel like this is something that would happen on MLB the show. Uh, that that is about it. Um, yeah, Shohei is obviously a ton of future value, he's showing tons of value now, but. Let's be honest. This is never happening, yeah. and we 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 could put an end. And the only reason that it won't happen is because the Angels hate pitchers, and they won't ever <laughs> want to add any other good pitchers to their team. That's also, a good I'm not point. trading Clayton Kershaw. Like, stop <laughs> it. Um, Dodge sixteen underscore twelve wants to know our thoughts on Tony Larusa. When will he be fired? <laughs> oh. 
God. I mean, go ahead. Someone else can start this one, man. <laughs> yeah, this this is one of the weirdest turn of events I've ever seen. I mean, yes, we've seen people get upset about unwritten rules in the past. It always happens, whether it's Madison Bumgarner or whoever, you know, there's always someone that's going to get pissed off. But typically the the guy that everyone's pissed off at his manager typically backs him. And in this situation, he, he didn't back him. In fact, he, he basically tried to apologize to the twins. Here's my, here's my overall thought on this stupid unwritten three Oh, you know, count when you're crushing a team, you shouldn't swing at the pitch, that whole thing. If you put a position player on the mound, if you are that team, you have conceded the game. You've waved the white flag. You are done. You are not trying to win this game anymore. So in my opinion, anything goes. And your men Mercedes, I don't blame him. Hit as many bombs as you want, dude. We're, we're in a new era of baseball where we're, we're trying to be more accepting of having more fun with this game. And the more you implement these unwritten rules, the worse it's going to get. And, and the, you know, the amount of eyeballs that are watching these games will go away eventually. And so th- this whole thing has just been an absolute catastrophe. And Tony LaRusso looks terrible. He looks really bad because not only is he throwing his player under the bus, but he's got other guys on his team like Tim Anderson and Lance Lynn coming out and contradicting what he's saying and, and stepping up and supporting their teammate. So I don't know what's going on in that clubhouse, but he should not be managing this team <laughs> at all. It was a questionable hiring from the very beginning when he had those DUIs. I mean, he's an older manager for a younger team. And obviously, Luis Robert and Eloy are down now. But even then, this is a young, growing team that, you know, has World Series aspirations. Why would you bring aboard a guy that has old school baseball mentality that, you know, doesn't really seem to reflect or relate well to players anymore? And on top of that, okay, how can you hate the Yerminator? I mean, honestly, yeah. he, he is he's as fun as it gets out there. The guy starts his career with an eight going eight for eight. He's on my fantasy baseball team. So I want to go straight up to Tony LaRusso and say, sir, I want to thank your mean for giving me another home run. Uh, my team is winning 15 to two this week. Thanks to your mean. So, um, yeah, LaRusso is not a good fit for that locker room. He never was meant to be. I still don't understand what the White Sox were doing, bringing him aboard. And these 3-0 unwritten rules, Trevor Bauer even threw it out there saying, you know, if I serve up a 3-0 home run, then let them trot around and celebrate it the way they should because that's my own fault for, you know, not locating a pitch ride. And, you know, you play baseball to pad your stats too. I mean, honestly, like you want to be able to go and uh, get a new contract and say, these are my numbers. And so why would your mean go up there and, you know, strike out on a 46 mile per hour pitch. I I'm sorry, but like, you know, that he's going to go viral on Twitter for striking out on that. So I'm sorry, Tony LaRusa, clear your mind, yeah. go somewhere else, stay <laughs> off the alcohol for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe take a new day job because I think yeah. he's, he should be out of there very soon. Exactly. That's also, the best point right there. Here's, the, here's the money what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I think this is being blown out of proportion. And what I mean by that is I don't think he's lost the locker room. I really don't. Uh, You see pictures with his team. He's smiling. Everybody's smiling. They got the best record in the American League. They get the best run differential in the American League. Do I think Tony La Russa is an asshole and an outdated, decrepit old man? Yes. 
but I do not think he's lost the locker room. I still think he's a good baseball manager. Do I care what he says? No. Is he in the wrong here? Absolutely. Can you imagine any other manager saying, yeah, I'm okay that he threw at my player? No. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, they're there to play baseball. He knows what he's doing on the baseball side. So I do think the media is blowing this a little bit out of proportion. Uh, but but that's, like I said, he's still an asshole and he's still wrong. <laughs> also, one more thing about this. If you don't want your main Mercedes hitting a bomb off of your position player when you're losing 15 to four, maybe win the game. Maybe find out a way to win the game and be a better team, Minnesota Twins. They've sucked all season. So for them to, you know, be up in arms about a guy hitting a home run off a 3-0 pitch when they're getting demolished and then the next game throw at him behind his back is ridiculous. You look soft and stupid. And my take is just figure out a way to win. Just focus on that. It also, reminds me of the record. Just real quick, for the record, hitting – a 46 mile an hour pitch, 430 feet is not an easy task for the record. It's actually, it's actually the slowest pitch that has ever been hit out of a ballpark in the Statcast era. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was majestic, honestly. And I, I think that we, instead of, you know, criticizing your mean, we should be giving him a nice pat on the back. And, and as for the twins, I mean, it's like a bunch of crying girls on the bachelor when the guy doesn't choose them, you know, it's just, it's <laughs> unbelievable to me. Uh, that this is what they're going to go down, the, the route that they're taking on this. Uh, we, we've talked about this kind of stuff so much when Tatis went yard against the Rangers. I, I just – I don't understand why the unwritten rules keep coming up here. Tony LaRusa, change your mindset, my friend. We're in 2021, not 1988. All right. Then the final question, I'm going to take this one to start by Enjoy Eric. Why does Smash Mouth suck so much? So if you if you don't know about Smash Mouth's Twitter, it's basically a Giants fan account at this point, but it's also like Boomer MLB Twitter. The guy was actually defending Larusa and having his back and was like bashing Mercedes, just making an ass of himself. But Smash Mouth is a bunch of assholes. Go dating back to COVID last season when the pandemic was like at its all-time high, they decided to have that music festival for all the motorcycle dudes out in North Dakota. They're like, don't wear a mask, you know, political or not. What ended up happening was a COVID outbreak like broke out amongst all the motorcyclists that attended that festival. Um, and the other thing with Smash Mouth, and you know, obviously All Star, everyone knows that song, but like if you're favorite band is smash mouth i almost question like your purpose in life like who grows up saying like smash mouth is my band because they're not very talented all stars like catchy but like the instrumentals behind that song is a joke and everything else for the most part it's not a good band so smash mouth is just it's just they're a bad scene you know yeah. the the early 2000s music is is all, honestly, it still pops to this day, but I, I got to be honest. Yeah, Smash Mouth, probably some of the worst early 2000s music that you'll get into. And uh, I, I was not even aware that they were Giants fans. And so they were already very low on my list. Uh, they just, you know, took a mighty fall there within the last two minutes. So, um, yeah, they liked one of my tweets in the past. And so I thought, hey, I have the support of Smash Mouth. But I can honestly <laughs> say while they may support me, I don't support them. Um, you know, I'm much more prefer the direction of the Goo Goo Dolls, which will forever have the worst name in band history with the best music. It's <laughs> a good solid point. band. I have no thoughts on this. They're, they've been losers to me for a long time. And that that's where they're at. That's where I'm still at. So yeah, they all have the shape of L on their foreheads at this point. <laughs>
Yeah. All the right. dude from Hoobastank likes my tweets, so I'm team Hoobastank. Yeah. Let's go. Hoobastank. Hoobastank's a good one. I, I respect yeah, that. Sure. Another another bad name, but good music. It's thing. usually the trend. I don't understand it. I'll never figure it out. But yeah, Google Dolls, I can, I can listen to almost any day, uh, especially when the Dodgers lose. Then the depressing music usually comes on. <laughs> what is Iris is the song you put on? What is Iris and here is gone. Usually it's here is gone when we lose. Oh, and, those... and it's generally a walk-off is when yeah, that's playing. <laughs> that's a banger right there. All right. So Jake, I know you wanted to talk about all the no hitters that are going around major league baseball right now. There's six of them. It's been three teams that have been no hit twice. What are your thoughts? I don't know. My, my worry is, is that the, majesticness of pitching a no hitter or enjoying a no hitter it will will be lost i think that the more it happens and i think you know what are they they're one or two away from the all-time record and we're only in you know at, towards the end of may like this this has a very good chance of being broken and i think the the dodgers will probably throw one or two um, it seems they have the, the starting rotation to do that. But I thought it was interesting. Um, Clayton Kershaw, who is a pitcher himself, obviously, um, had some dissenting comments uh, when they asked him about it. Um, and he said, I appreciate the attempts MLB has made to deaden the baseball, but it seems like they've missed the mark so far. Whatever the intention was with the new ball, it really hasn't done anything. There might be fewer home runs, which I guess is what they want, but April was one of the worst hitting months in the history of the game. So that's what this means, right? Is that, is that yes, there are more no hitters and it is, it is cool, I guess, if you are a fan of that team. But what it also means is that offense is just not happening. And I was, I was listening to the post-game show on Sportsnet LA and uh, Jerry Harrison Jr. and Nomar Garcia-Parra were getting into an interesting discussion where um, the hitters have not adjusted to this new ball. And what, and what I mean by what they were talking about was is that you know, these hitters are so ingrained, they're, 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 they're trying to you know, increase their launch angle and, and try to hit home runs. And these balls are dying at the warning track where – if they had adjusted to the new ball right away, they would be, you know, trying to go the other way or try to lay down a bunt or try to hit more line drives, go up the middle, that sort of thing. And it seems like the the hitters are kind of behind the curve at this point. It's what Max Muncy was talking about in, in spring training when they brought up the dead ball about how this is just totally, you know, not fair uh, to, to the offensive side of the game. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's cool and it, it's, it's cool, but it's also concerning at the same time, especially when you got guys that like you would, you wouldn't think have any business pitching a no hitter like a Joe Musgrove or um, the Spencer Turnbull, you know, Wade Miley, you know, <laughs> those guys should not be pitching no hitters. Um, so it, it's cool. And it isn't cool. I guess is my take. It, I totally agree with the idea that, you know, you, you don't want to take away the value of a no hitter and um, the adjustments that this league is making that just flat out, they're not doing that. Uh, I hate when the MLB tries to change something that's been pure for so long and, you know, having to, you know, talk about how the balls were juiced and now all of a sudden we have to deaden it and whatnot. To me, you know, if home runs are a big deal, like if we're upset that more guys are leaving the yard, push the fences back. If that's really the problem. 
Um, don't screw with the baseball. Don't push the pitching rubber back another couple feet. Like, like don't mess with the game. If you really want expand the field, you're not messing with the game really to me that much. We, we care about old stats so much. And, you know, obviously this is a new era and guys are stronger. Guys are bigger. Maybe make it more difficult to get the ball out of the ball of the ballpark, but don't mess with the baseball and make it, you know, more difficult to hit a baseball than it already is. I mean, these balls are going hundred miles per hour right at you. It's, you know, three out of 10 gets you in the hall of fame. If you can get on base through that. So I, I don't know why we're deadening baseballs here. Um, it, it sucks to watch these no names, as you mentioned, kind of go out there and do their thing. I mean, Corey Kluber is not a no name, but you know, to come back the way he did in ironically enough pitch, at the same stadium that he pitched only one inning with the Rangers. Yeah. And now he no hits his own old former team. Very ironic to me that that all happened. Um, I just, I, I don't like deadening the baseball from the get go. If you're going to do anything, don't adjust the game itself. Just push the fences back. If that's really what we feel like we need to do, um, make a hitting, hitting a home run harder and force guys to shoot the gaps and play baseball. You know, I, I have no problem with that. I have a problem when you're tinkering with the baseball and you're tinkering with the game itself. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a take here. My take has been the same. Stop changing the baseball. Rob Manfred is 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 a terrorist for this crap. Uh, I mean, they need to get they need to stop it. It's been I've had the same take the entire time. Just pick one and stop changing it. That's it. <laughs> well said. All right, Dusty. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the incline today. You can follow him on Twitter at Dusty Baker TV. Why don't you give us your final thoughts? And I know you wanted to say something about the Cardinals as well. So you can tie that all in as well. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, there's nothing more enjoyable for me than to talk Dodgers baseball. Uh, you know, I grew up born and raised a diehard Dodgers fan. Obviously I've gotten a lot of giants fans following me, talking to me as if I'm a giants fan because he managed the giants for a while. Now the Astros <laughs> chain has kind of followed me there too. Meanwhile, I had some Cubs and Reds along the way, but uh, you know, to be able to be able to talk Dodgers baseball, I think there's something we're so fortunate about. And in this season in particular, it's kind of stood out to me. A lot of times I've been thinking about October and strictly about what the Dodgers are going to look like in October. After that really rough stretch, which they went five and 15, it made me realize that these regular season games, even in May, that you got to enjoy the ride. Um, and I think that we have a really hard time because we try to be so forward thinking of the trade deadline. What's this team going to look like in October? Enjoy the ride for the time being, because this is still a fun team. Uh, we got pools on the way. Now we got Yoshi. Like I said, we just need Mario and Luigi to complete that set. But, uh, man, I, I'm just really excited to see what this team can do over the coming weeks. And this is going to be a huge series with the giants. And yeah, with, with the Cardinals in particular, that team is going to be scary. I think moving forward, we always want to focus on the NL West. Um, I, I say, don't think forward thinking, but that Cardinals team is going to make moves at the deadline. Uh, so just keep in mind that these next couple games, these next series with the giants, the Astros, the Cardinals, the Braves, uh, it's going to be telling of what this team is really capable of. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see them kind of dip out of the division again uh, and dip into their biggest rival as well. Uh, I'm excited though, for this ride uh dodgers i think are getting back on track and man once mckinstry once bellinger and once gonsolin gets back into that locker room and once they're back out on the field i think we've still got something incredibly special in la that that is a world series repeat caliber team yeah my final thoughts real quick you know i'm a big pitching guy and i just saw 
StatCast said the top four pitchers in the National League four seam spin rate in this order are Trevor Bauer, Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, and Julio Urias. So four Dodgers leading all of the National League in spin rate right now. I don't know if that's the Trevor Bauer effect or what, but it's awesome. Sticky our, stuff effect. <laughs> our starting four has literally been carrying this team through the thick and thin despite all the injuries. And that's, to me, the MVP of the Dodgers so far. My final thoughts are, re- are really quick and simple, as David would say. So the, they're playing up to their caliber right now. That's exactly what I expected from them, is even with all these all of these injuries, they are playing up to their potential and they're beating teams. They need to be, they need to be beating. Um, this giant series is going to be a good test for this current iteration of this team. And I'm excited to see what transpires this weekend. And then the following four game series after that, I'm just hoping that this squad right now can just hold down the fort until we get Bellinger and McKinstry back and let's ride. Um, I think we do need a fifth starter. I hope that, I hope that Tony Gonsolin is that guy, but I would, I would just, I would just get a guy anyway. I mean, you know, the, the fact that, you know, these four guys that we have now are, are super healthy at the moment, you never know what's going to happen. So I just want to make sure that we have a contingency plan hey, in place. Maybe Felix Hernandez will sign with the Dodgers. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Crazier things have happened. <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing. I've, I've, I've talked enough. All right. Thank you guys for all listening to the incline this week. We'll be back next week. Pretty early. we got another guest lined up. We'll be talking Astros and more giants. So stay tuned for that. Please support the episode by subscribing to us. It'll really go a long way. Leave a review. If you like us or hate us, whatever, and follow us on Twitter, the incline pod. Probably not. If you hate us. I mean, you could just not listen again. That would be the nicer (laughs) thing to do. Write us a Yelp review. Exactly. (laughs) No, no, no. Everyone have a great weekend. Go Dodgers, and we're out. Over here at the Incline, we're proud to be teaming up with Dodgers Tailgate. You can follow them on Twitter, at Dodgers Tailgate. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Dodgers Tailgate. Your one-stop spot for Dodgers news, rumors, hot takes, interviews, highlights, and more. We are a site by fans for the fans. So give them a follow. They have all kinds of awesome content, interviews, articles, podcasts like this videos you name it dodgers tailgate doing big and exciting things for all the dodger fans out there we're proud to be partnering with in the clutch.com in the clutch apparel is bringing you guys some of the most awesome sportswear in the game whether it's the dodgers lakers you can go to the san francisco area all around the country they have all kinds of awesome t-shirts featuring your team's and favorite players. I'm talking Dodgers-wise. They got Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Justin Turner, Joe Kelly. The list just goes and on, goes on and on. So use the promo code Incline Dodgers, all caps. That's Incline Dodgers, all caps, and you can save 20% off your purchase. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.